It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King, and I am... Always excited to be with you here on WTSM 97.9, the Sports Monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and what God is doing in his kingdom and how exciting it is to be involved in a ministry where we get to tell the story and we get to tell about what God is doing today. In his kingdom, I say so many times that we're just continuing the book of Acts because that story is not finished. It's a triumphant story, a story of faith, a story of passion, a story of people who are uh, committed to the things of God and willing to work and sacrifice. And I tell you what, I've heard from a lot of people who are involved in Christian ministry, and I always encourage the radio audience that if you're listening and you are involved in Christian ministry and you'd love to have your story told, you need to contact me. And you can do that by picking up your cell phone, area code 850-567-1703. You can call me or you can text me or you can email me, King at yahoo.com. Either way, we'll get in touch Bring you into the studio. We'll pre-record the show so you don't have to miss a Sunday morning if you're involved in Sunday ministry. And uh, almost everybody who comes in here tells me after the show's over, hey, that was fun. That was exciting. I love doing that. I think you'd have the same experience. So again, 567-1703, Pastor J.L. King at yahoo.com. Today... Show number 591. Now think about this for a moment. Just a few shows away from 600. It seems like it was just yesterday that we had Coach Bobby Bowden on the show 500. And now almost another 100 shows have gone by. That's a lot of people who've talked about a lot of passion that has to do with Christian ministry. We do have a few rules. We don't talk sports or politics. We don't talk doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And those rules have served me very, very well. We started the show back in 2002 on uh, WCVC, 1330 a.m. on Saturday. We called it the Gospel on the Radio Saturday show back in those days. And then we went from there to WTAL and then was uh, just blessed to be able to be a part of this uh, station in 2006, um, back in those days it was Smooth Jazz, WJCT, but now it's ESPN Radio, and I'm just thankful and delighted to be a part and to be here on Sunday mornings just sharing the gospel with you. Let me invite you to come out and visit with us, Freedom Road Christian Ministry. That's the church that I pastor. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We are... Uh, just down the road from the 
Capital Lanes and Bowling Alley. If you're heading toward Park Avenue away from Mayhan Drive, you see the Capital Lanes uh, Bowling Alley sign there on the highway. Then there's some woods, and as soon as you pass those woods, you turn in right, and we'll be right off to the left, 11.05. Sunday mornings, we do love having visitors at Freedom Road. You can check us out, frcm.us, and go to our website and find out all about it. Now, as I've told you, we've been doing this for a while. And uh, back around 2004, 2005, I, I met this gentleman, and uh, he had an incredible story to tell. And I said, well, I need you to give me a call so I can get you on the radio to share this story. Well, he was in Jacksonville, so he gave me a call. And uh, I, I think about this story from time to time, and I've pre-recorded it. And uh, and then uh, gave it out or, re- or redid the show one other time, I think. And I was thinking about it this week. I said, that was an incredible story of Brian Phillips and his wife, Rachel, who heard the call of God to go to Zimbabwe. Now, these were not ministers. They were not pastoring a church. They were lay people just working and laboring in a local church when God decided to rock their world. And um, they, they knew they'd heard from God. There was no question in their mind. They had heard from God, and they decided that they needed to be obedient. And so they sold everything, and they went to Zimbabwe. And that's the story we're going to pick up on the, on the Gospel on the Radio talk wife. show go to Zimbabwe. And I want to know, how did this all come about? Sure, no problem. It'd be my pleasure to, to tell. Um, how did this come about? Uh, I knew uh, I knew a man that I went to church with uh, in 95. His name is Pastor uh, Patrick Zimba. Uh-huh. He's a pastor now at the time. He was not. Uh, he was born in Zambia, which is to the north of Zimbabwe. And he was raised as a Zimbabwean. Um, He came in 95 to the United States to go to seminary to get his pastoral degree. Well, uh, we were going to the same church in Orange Park, Florida. And uh, we had become friends there, done some ministry together. I was uh, married um, and hadn't had any children yet. And uh, we... um, We'd done some young adults together, we'd uh, done some uh, plays together, uh, and we're in men's ministry together also. Uh And he, uh, so we grew close together at that time, well, in about a year or two, he went off to seminary. Well, uh, my wife and I at the time thought we were saying goodbye to our African friend forever. Well, little did we realize that uh, a couple years later, he was going to be coming back through town on his way back to Africa because God had given him a vision for Zimbabwe and uh, for Africa as a whole. And he shared that vision with us, not just with us, but with uh, his church family in Orange Park. And... Because any time the gospel is going forward, my heart always beats a little bit quicker. Uh, 
I, I want to put money to where um, if the gospel is going forward, I'm for it. I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to put my finances into it. And my wife and I both thought we would go to this meeting and we were going to be writing a check. Uh-huh. This ministry. <laughs> well, what do you know? God, uh, God asked us to write the biggest check we could. You know, to write it with our whole life. Wow. Um, and that was not expected. Now, so this was in 1995? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, we've got some, a lapse of time here. How did, so was, it was a process of time when God was working on you before you actually went? Well, uh, okay. We met in 95, excuse me. Okay. He went to seminary, and okay. in, I think it was, I guess it was in 2000. Oh, I see. That he, that he was going back. Oh, I see. So that's when he came okay. back through Jacksonville. That's when little, he shared the vision. Little lapse of time here. Okay, now 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 we're with you on the story. Okay, so now yep. you uh, he came back. He shared with your church. God got a hold of your heart, and yes, God sir. said to you, "says Look, this is for you." Then what did you do? Wow, um, I was well. I was in the middle of. I had a successful business. I had my own paint contracting business, which uh-huh. God was thoroughly blessing. Um, I, my wife and I, again, were heavily involved in, in ministry, just like uh, many lay people are. Nothing, nothing more extraordinary than maybe the average uh, lay person. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, we have two children, which, you know, we already had the prepaid Florida college funds going, and we had life planned out. And uh, at that time, we realized, okay, well, how do I shut the business down? How do we, the biggest hurdle of all, let me tell you, tell the grandparents. Oh, my. <laughs> How do you tell grandma and grandpa that you're taking their grandbabies to Africa? Uh, you don't, is basically. I think maybe you do that by email or something. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It was, it was not pretty, and we both come from Christian backgrounds, uh-huh. but... Uh, that was the toughest hurdle of all. And we had a home. We had to sell our home. But God blessed every step of that way, let me tell you. Um, our, our house sold in record time wow. for above what we were asking. Um, we, uh, God was just stamping everything as, as we were going, saying, yes, these are open doors. I'm, you know, I, I am calling you, and I am sending you. Wow. So uh, that was that was nice to have that confirmation. So how long was it from the time that uh, uh, Patrick, your your African friend, yes, sir. came through to the time that you actually arrived in Zimbabwe? How, what was the time lapse there? Um, probably a year of a year. preparation. Okay, so from the yep. time that, that you and your wife settled the call, you knew this, this is God speaking, we've got to do this. So you, That's correct. So you put your uh, home on the Even, market. Even though the transformation in our mind and our heart was immediate, uh-huh. um, you know, I was already mentally in Africa, right. yet I was still on U.S. soil. And all these were just processes. It wasn't anything of hesitation or, or you know, slowing it down. It was, one was the ministry, actually, he had a kickoff date for to get this ministry started. So we were we wanted to arrive. We wanted to be on the groundbreaking time of when when the ministry as a whole got going. Can I, now we need to back so, up for a second and tell us this ministry that you're referring to. What, what, yes, what? sir. Um, it is called The Fortress, uh-huh. and it is an independent, uh, non-denominational uh, ministry. And it, it, again, is the vision of uh, Patrick Zimba, my pastor there. Uh-huh. 
However, I am uh, what you would call a independent missionary on top of that. Uh, I am not supported by his, uh, his ministry. It is the good... Uh, godly people that are our family and our church friends that um, that sent us and are, are able to keep us over there. But uh, I am there to support um, Patrick Zimba and whatever he does. I have submitted myself to him as he is my here is my spiritual authority. And um, uh, we didn't know exactly what it is we were going for. We just knew that God said, "You got to go." See, the so that—that's where the story really gets exciting, now, brother Brian. Um, what I want to point out here, and this is, of course, to our radio audience who's, who's listened to this show before, and they know we talk about dreams and visions. And one of the things I always like to highlight is that when people are just being obedient, and and there's nothing more important in the call of God. And, and to me, that's the biggest issue. Once you settle that, then everything else just falls in place, and you just you just follow God's leading from that point. Of course, there's times when there, there may be struggles or trials or whatever. You work your way through all this. But the biggest thing is the call of God. So you heard the call of God. You knew that was plain. As I said before, you put one foot in front of the other and you began the process. And this is what a lot of people would ask when they say, Well, Lord, I have a dream or a vision, something you've called me to do. I don't know how to do it. But you needed support of some sort to be able to do this. How did you go about accomplishing that? Well, let me comment on what you the first thing that you said. Pastor Jack, you are absolutely correct. Um, the call, saying yes to the call of God, no matter what that call in our life is, is the most important absolutely. thing that we can do. Um, and I did not know what faith was until I stepped out into that realm. Right. I thought I had faith. And, you know, being involved in my church and um, and doing my things. But, you know, I also had my, before I started my own business, I had that steady paycheck on Fridays. Uh-huh. You know, I had a, you know, it's okay, God, yes, my all my belief and my hope and my faith is in you. But, you know, um, and when you're stepping out and completely saying, God, you're going to be my paycheck, God, you're going to be my all. I'm even going into a foreign land, um, so I'm leaving everything that is known to me, that's that's comfortable to me, and that that I can that I can touch. And I'm gonna I'm literally stepping off this ledge here into the unknown, and and I'm placing everything in you. Yes, that is the greatest. (laughs) That the that moment um, was. Uh, a changing moment in my so, life. So during that year, from the time that uh, uh, the pastor came through, uh, uh, Pastor pa- Patrick, and the time that you left, were you out in churches sharing your vision, uh, talking to friends, family? How, how did all of that come about? Sure. Um, what we did was uh, I put my first uh, letter together saying, hey, this is what God has called us to do. This is what has occurred in our life. And my wife and I, we just got every contact that we knew, basically starting with, say, our um, our wedding invitation list. Uh, yeah, all, and, uh, and then our the, the church directory. And um, my wife comes from a, a line of pastors. She's actually the daughter of a pastor and the granddaughter of a pastor. And so through those connections, we sent everybody we knew a mailer saying, hey, will you support us? And this was another way. We prayed over that. We said, God, let this be another uh, confirmation. Well, all of those people 
all of God's people being obedient to uh, to their part in this. You know, we're all on a team. I, you know what I like to tell them is that I just get to do the fun part. I get to <laughs> hands-on. I get to be there. But you're still on the same team as me. There you go. There you go. I like that concept. But uh, sure. basically, you put together a mailing list, and you just started sending out this thing. And, of course, when somebody receives something like that, it's their choice to decide what they want to do with it. I get uh, solicitations all the time from, from all different types of ministries uh, that arrive at our church every day. And, and I have to make decisions as to whether or not I feel like that this is something I'm called to support or not. And you put it out there, and people make their own decisions. But evidently, there were those who stepped up and said, yeah, I want to be a part of this. Absolutely, and they did step up. And so you, uh, was, I guess there just came a point to where you felt, felt like, well, now we've, we've got enough uh, uh, promises for support that now we can make the launch. That's correct. Okay. That is correct. And so now you've, you've done all of that, you've got the tickets, uh, you're on your way, uh, your grandparents have hugged the grandkids, and, and uh, all of that has taken place, you're on the plane, and yep. now you arrive in Zimbabwe. Tell yep. us about what you experienced on the in the very first few hours. How did it go? <laughs> what a question! Um, when we well, first of all, our youngest, his name is Reese. He'll uh-huh. be two next month. He was crawling on the plane. Okay, and what's funny is all the babies on the plane they find each other. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we've got children speaking, you know, multiple different languages because where we're going. But all the children were, uh, were playing together. But my son took his first steps in Zimbabwe. That was very that exciting. Right? But those weren't the first few hours. Uh-huh. When we got off of the plane, and um, the first thing is I'm nervous about just being in a country that, that uh, is, has a reputation that you have to be concerned about. Uh-huh. You know, um, and that bothered me a little bit. So I was nervous at the airport, sure, but still in God's hands. And, going to and the airport, you know, I just, I just wanted to be as straight up as I could be, so that I didn't, you know, I no red flags, nothing like that. Well, my wife and I, should I say I? Uh-huh. My wife is taking care of the children because you know, when you got two young children, we yeah. have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. What I was going to say, brother Brian, when you arrive in an airport in a third-world country. Yes, sir. It is like it's an experience like no other. <laughs> it, it is definitely yes, not. Yes. Um, I've been ago. to third world country, so I, that's that's one reason why I ask you about those first few hours because I know how overwhelming it can be. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, just we're so used to systems here, organization. You know, we're used to an American style, right, and. Right. It, you get there and you think with our American mentality that, hey, you know, it's got to be my way. Because <laughs> we've groomed ourselves and our society. Well, sorry, brother, it's not your way. <laughs> no, well, you've your way. got about 15 or 20 people all reaching, wanting to carry your luggage. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. Well, you know, when we got out to the to meet um, Patrick and he can't they don't they don't meet you in the airport you gotta you get him outside and um, we go to his car he's got a compact 
little Sunny. It's uh-huh. a it's a Nissan, uh-huh. and uh, we had now understand. I got eight bags. I got everything <laughs> that we we now own because we sold everything else that we had in these bags to get me through the next year. Uh-huh. You know, ch- clothes for the children to grow into. Right. So we've got three sizes of shoes to grow into for each child, and we literally had to load some of the luggage. the The trunk was open. It had to stay open. We had luggage on the roof. We had luggage inside with us. It was hilarious. Yes, you and your wife. <laughs> so that made me know I was no longer in America. <laughs> okay, now, brother, put your newsletter here in front of me. And one of the things that you talk about is street evangelism, and God has given you a favor there. And yep. uh, but tell us about some of those experiences. Sure. Um, well, you know, let me tell you how it started, because uh, that, to me, is the most exciting thing. Again, God stamping the fact that this is all Him, and that I am merely a vessel. I must tell you and uh, your audience that I am an average guy. I am just a, just a guy that said yes. And God is doing something with that yes, basically. Um, after being in Zimbabwe about one month... My wife and I, with our boys, we went to the grocery store. Uh And at every retail situation in Zimbabwe, you've got security guards. Well, a security guard approached me, and he said, "Uh, Sir, do you have some money for a loaf of bread? And, And I'm like, of course, absolutely. How much is a loaf of bread? Well, we gave him the money for the loaf of bread, and but... You know, just like Jesus would, you don't just leave a man in that situation. You know, he met their physical needs and their spiritual needs. And what a great open-door opportunity. This man's asking for bread. You'd now say, hey, you you know, what is your relationship with a God? Do you believe in God? And at that moment, I found out that he was bitter towards God, found that his son was dying. He was absolutely certain his son was going to die. He's five years old, just like my son. Now, I can't imagine, you know, here in the United States, we have, we have uh, emergency rooms everywhere, hospitals, the best doctors, and we have insurance. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being in a society in a situation where all I can do is watch my son wow. for him to die. Wow. You know, that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, can we pray for your son? So right then and there, we prayed for his son. He then, that God would heal him in the parking lot there, and um, we, uh, he then invited me to, he said, will you come and minister to my wife and my children wow. where I live? And I said, absolutely. Well, the next week, uh, when it was okay for him, we went back, I, I found an interpreter from our church and someone to help me uh, find my way there. We went to what we thought was one part of town and come to find out he lives in what would be referred to as the ghetto there. And his living conditions are what you can imagine. It's a shack. It is the size of a king-size bed is where he and his family live. We went inside. They have a double bed where the four of them sleep. And there was a tiny little bench that my, my partner and I sat side by side on. And I cracked my Bible open. And I shared the good news of Jesus Christ with this man. I shared the fact that that God has a plan and a purpose for his life, that God sent his only son to die for this man. You know, that if he was the only man on the earth, that he would have died for him. And that he could be with him in heaven, you know. And I got to share that story, you know, the greatest story there is um, uh, with, with this man. 
and I got to see him receive. I saw a miracle Christ right God. there. I got to see this Christ man God. receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and uh, at, through translation, mind you, and uh, and over the next eight weeks of going back and, and ministering to this man. We bought him a Bible, and then we uh, we taught him how to read his Bible, and and then I got to the point where I asked him to share with me, what is the Holy Spirit teaching you? What is God showing you in your Word, in his Word? And um, he then explains to me about eight weeks later that, hey, his son is completely healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Praise um, God. That the money that didn't make ends meet when I met him. He now has enough money to send back to the village to his family. And even though the economy is going down and his dollar is becoming worth less, he had the money to to send back to his family. So God uh, can break all the rules, you know, all the all those rules that in the in the flesh and that we think has to be this way don't don't have to be that now, way. Did this open up opportunities for to minister to other people? Uh, absolutely. That's that's where we're going. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I as soon as I left his place, Jack, I looked to the left and I looked to the right and I said, God so creatively drew me right into the heart, into the center of where he wanted me to be. I would have never volunteered to come here because I didn't know what I was there for. But he drew me through the this contact with this one man. So we went door to door first three days a week, now we're five days a week, um, we just go from one shack, one house to the next, uh, telling people about Jesus. I usually talk two or three people at a time. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big group guy. I'm, I like more of an intimate one situation because right. I don't do the American uh, version of two minutes out the door, you know, except Jesus. Right. I do about an hour to two hours teaching by sharing 50 to 100 scriptures with these people and very clearly lay out, you know, for them, uh, you know, who God is right. and, and what he wants, uh, you know, from his people. And and um, and then they can make a very, you know, they they now have a foundation and an education and they can, they can very clearly see right. that God loves them and God, uh, th- that God died for them. Um, and... Uh, after about, I don't know, six, eight weeks, I think 30 people came to Christ. The next home we went into, the people said, we want our home to be the church in this ghetto. Wow. So God was moving, it was ahead of me as he has been this whole time. I'm running to catch up. And now after um, about about four concentrated months after that, 106 people have now uh, accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And we have about 50 people that attend that church every Sunday. And the church that the guy started in his house. Yes, sir, that's Praise correct. So this is a separate church from the one that Pastor Patrick has started. That is correct. I am the evangelism arm of that church. Wow. Part of the vision of the Fortress Church is to plant churches. Now, the, the church that the, the gentleman started at home, now, who's actually pastoring that church? What we did, I, I actually, in the beginning, pastored it, because uh-huh. that's what Patrick told me to do, and uh, even though the, I, that may not be my uh, my gifting or calling, but um, that's what he'd asked me to do, and now we've placed a full-time local pastor. He lives in the ghetto Praise with him. Lord. He is now a 24, seven-day-a-week pastor to those people. Praise the Lord. 
Well, Brother Brian, this is an exciting story, and uh, of course I've got to move on here because we've got some other calls coming out on the show, and I, I wish I could keep you a little longer because this has been exciting. Yes, but what we want to do before I let you go, I want you to put some information out there to folks because there may be somebody who would want to. Now, how long are you going to be uh, here in the States? I actually leave um, the 28th, next oh, Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So you've only, only got a few days. I was going to say somebody might want to have you come into the church and share, but probably wouldn't be enough time for that um, unless it would be tomorrow. But, but you're in Jacksonville and we're in Tallahassee. But uh, let's go ahead and give them some information. Perhaps maybe that people would like to get on your uh, mailing list or sure. maybe somebody who wants to help sponsor to send you back over there. The best thing to do, rather than put a lot of info out there, is to just email us. I'm going to go ahead and break in here because I don't think any, much of that information that I would give you now would even be current because, uh, uh, like I said, it's been a long time since we did the interview. So whether or not that it, uh, it's all factual or not, I'm really not sure. I just love the story, and I love the way that God worked through Brian and his wife, Rachel, and their willingness to just be faithful. And that has been the, um, I guess, the ongoing theme of this talk show from the really the very, very beginning when we first started it. It was just the idea that you just need to be faithful to the Lord and let God work through you. And, and, uh, and that's why I use this term so often, dreams and visions. And um, I'm a dreamer. And uh, in fact, uh, I'm writing a book, and <laughs> I've still got that last chapter to finish, and I'm going to get it finished for too long, and I'm going to get it printed and make it available to you. But that's how I start the book. That's the first words in the book. I confess, I am a dreamer. And I'm just one of those people that um, I don't really consider that you won't be successful. You just do it. And, and uh, But most of all, and this is important, you hear from God. Don't just go out on your own and decide, well, I'm just going to do this or that. Listen to the voice of God. But when God speaks, you just need to listen. And you just need to step out and just respond to what God is saying and trust Him that He has insight that is far beyond anything that we could imagine and he has details worked out. That's the amazing thing about it, is that God just has details. And, and uh, th- there have been things that have happened in, in ministry in my life that I said, I couldn't have done that if I had planned it. But God, he just, he just knows, and, and he's a, he is the master planner. He has things really under control and that is just truth this is the uh, gospel on the radio talk show i'm pastor jack king i am the host and uh, i just love just talking about the things of the lord and uh, uh, just talking about ministry and giving people opportunity to share their faith we just played this interview a few minutes ago uh, with our brother that brian phillips uh, took his wife to zimbabwe and uh, and uh, one of the reasons why that story fascinates me so much is because uh, all Brian did was to say, Lord, I know you're calling me to do this. I don't know I don't know how it's all going to turn out. I don't know all the details about it. I'm just going to be faithful. And uh, God just 
engineered a series of events as only God can do. In other words, God worked out the details. And, and as a result of that, these people came to the Lord. And a church was born and lives were changed, souls were saved, just because a man and his wife was willing to listen to the Lord and just be faithful and willing to put it all on the line. I mean, that was, a, that was really an incredible amount of faith to just sell your home, sell everything, you know, buy plane tickets and load up those children and take off on uh, just the word that you feel and sense in your heart. And see, I think about the Rachel that we're talking about here, Brian's wife, and I think about Sarah in the Bible and about how that Sarah, she, she wasn't called to go out in Canaan. That was Abraham. She was called to be his wife and to be faithful to that. And uh, there's a lot of pastor's wives who have found themselves in ministry because God called the husband. And I'm sure it's vice versa <laughs> with all of that. But praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jack King. I am the host of the Gospel on the Radio talk show. And we are delighted to be with you. Let me tell you about my good friends, Robert and Jim, AAA, Constant Comfort. They do heating and air conditioning, and they do it with excellence, and I appreciate them so much. And they have helped us to do this broadcast from the very, very beginning, way back in 2002. And uh, matter of fact, Robin was supporting the, the five-minute broadcast that I do even before that. And they're just great guys. And they do great work, and they do a lot of work for us here at the Open Bible Church in Freedom Road. And so I recommend them. 893-9566. It's summer's going to be here before you know it, and you need to get those air conditioners checked out and make sure they're ready to get you through the summer because you don't want to have your air conditioner go out in the middle of summer. That is not fun. I want to say not cool, but you understand. You don't want that to happen. So give them a call, 893-9566. I want to tell you a little story. Uh, the interview that I just played with Brother Brian Phillips, I had uh, played it again somewhere along the line, probably about, uh, oh, I don't know, I guess seven, eight years ago. Um, I, I lose track of time sometimes. But anyway, I had replayed the broadcast, and uh we were, I was, this is when it was WJCT, the, the radio station, the same station we're on here, only it was JCT then. And uh, I was coming on at 10 o'clock in the morning with the talk show. So I played the interview. That afternoon, I was uh, answering a, an ad in a paper for a van. I was looking for a van. And uh, so I went out in the country and was checking out this van. And the lady who owned the van, she she kept kind of leaning her head toward me as I was talking. And then finally she said, I know you from somewhere. She said, I know I know you, but I don't, I don't remember. And uh, so we got to talk, and she said, it's your voice. She says, your voice. She said, you sound like a guy I heard on the radio this morning. <laughs> and I said, well, what station was it? She said, I believe it was the Smooth Jazz Station. I said, well, that was me. I do a talk show on Sunday mornings. She says, yeah, and you were talking about that missionary. And she said, what happened? Because she had to go to church, and so she didn't get to hear the end of the broadcast. And she said, 
what happened in the story? And I, and I, I told her all about it. And she was just delighted. And I said, well, Lord, you are so good. This lady, she wanted to know how that story ended. And God just sent me along to tell her the story. <laughs> I just find that type of thing to just absolutely be fascinating because it happens. Actually, in my life, it happens quite a bit. That's one of the things that my wife says about having married uh, me, Pastor Jack King. She says, it's always an adventure because I enjoy life and I love life and uh, I love all the things that, that God gets me into and, and all the different aspects and facets of life and just having a good time as we're going through this journey here on this earth, realizing that yes, it's temporary. This world, the old song, the old gospel song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up, the word of God, or the old song says, somewhere beyond the blue. And so I realize that my journey here is temporary, but the word of God says, you walk in faith and you walk in the spirit and uh, Jesus says, I will give you life and life more abundant. So what is my word to my radio audience? It's simply this. Just give your heart and your life to the Lord. Trust him. Walk in that and you will find that peace that passes all understanding, that you can't explain it in human terms, but in the spirit, it's absolutely incredible. And so I'm just encouraging you. You're struggling, having a tough time, ask the Lord to help you. I guarantee you that he will, because he is indeed the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Well, I tell you what, I enjoy being with you. Uh, don't forget to tune in. Uh, Saturday night at the 7 o'clock on Wave 94 for the Saturday night gospel sing. And then next Sunday, right back here on 97.9 for the gospel on the radio talk show. And uh, if you want to listen to some of the five-minute broadcasts that I do on several stations, go to uh, radiogospel.us and check out some of those times and tune in. But we always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to minister the gospel on these airwaves. And Father God, I pray that you would bless the listeners. Father God, we pray over our city. We pray over our country. We pray, God, for your kingdom. Let it grow, let it expand. Do you be glory and praise. And all of these things we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And until next Sunday, may the Lord bless you. <laughs> 